Twenty years have passed since a tragic fire at an illegal rave killed over a hundred people outside Austin, Texas. But is that all that happened on the night in question? Experience the horror of Vampire the Masquerade like never before. Jackalope LARP and White Wolf present a blockbuster LARP horror event. The Night in Question, November 17th, 2018, Austin, Texas. Jackalope-LARP.com for tickets and information. Where will you be on the Night in Question? This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. I am Bob. And today we are going to be recording a podcast review of um, one of the books that we had talked about earlier in our run, um, at least in the revised run, where we had talked about kind of like a series of books that were super meaningful to like the the deeper intricacies of The Vampire the Masquerade. That, that you, you would agree with that, right, Bob? I would. I absolutely would. Uh, so uh, th- th- this episode, we are going to be reviewing Kane's Chosen, The Black Hand. And I feel like this is the exact flip side to Dirty Secrets of the Black Hand. There's no doubt that this is completely different. Right. And so, from that. yeah, so a lot of people that might not be super knowledgeable of the game, they might not know that um, at one point or another in the early uh, earlier versions of this game, there were two versions of the Black Hand. You had the uh, the True Hand, which is what they were called which is the sect within a sect that was allegedly the full uh, sleeper masters behind the black hand itself. Mm-hmm. And they were called true hand or they were called the false hand. Later on, they just all became the black hand. And then now you have it to where it's like they said, well, hang on a second. This is actually the Sabbat's black hand. Right. Kane's chosen. And whatever the true hand is, is whatever the true hand is, but they're separate. Right. Basically what, what one of the big things that they did and revised was they kind of, eliminated the the quote-unquote true hand right they got rid of them because there was all kinds of crazy stuff that's already happened in the revised storyline that essentially because I can hear them screaming it right <laughs> those of you here you are correct this book does allude to the fact that they're aware there is a there is an intersect right but they point out that those people are uh, kind of a gehenna cult right that's what they are they're not a sect they're, they're a group of people who just, of, of elders, ancients, if you will, who they directly oppose. Right. Like, once they find out, and that's the point, because you got to remember, this book is an end times book. Right. What right, you're reading now is the Black Hand aware of all the strings that were attached, and they're, they were given scissors, and they're Pinocchio. It's that simple. Well, and, and the one thing that's very unique about this book and about uh, the books that have been coming out at this time, but primarily this one, I, I got the impression of more so than any of the other books that this book at its release is, is meant to be like a real time, like things have happened in other books and this book is taking that into account. So it is, it is definitely like, this is what's happening with the black hand right now today, you know, as of the release of this book. And so you're left as a storyteller with 
a lot of different plot hooks. You're left with something that is, it's a, it's a subsect of the Sabbat that is dealing with the rapid changes of a world quickly approaching Gehenna. What's the coolest about this? I know you like it, Nate, is I'm going to start off with, instead of giving you high history, because we've given history of Black Hand before, right. that still holds, right? right? What you're missing is the religious iconography and in-depth um, fanaticism right. uh, that they had to one way or the other. But you got to understand, you had the true hand allegedly manipulating and infiltrating its way. And I say alleged because they never quite did. Right. What their infiltration was just to put people out in the field to represent whatever it is they needed done, but it's to no great effect on the Sabbat side of things. But the Black Hand itself is composed of a think tank of military killers. They're the elite of the elite. Right. That's the point. And that training came about uh, originally it was just the anarchs who directly wanted to oppose uh, their opponents, which was the same the elders at that point back in those wars. And they were also the ones who were straight serious right. about what they were. Like they were badass warriors or true anarchs to be sure, but they had the wherewithal to know that if we don't military up, we're not going to survive this war. Right. So they became the war machine, but it still wasn't good enough. It was the influx of the Asimites. And they asked who chose to stay that gave them that military training bent direction discipline that they adopted yeah. and made it their own. But so true that it actually changed those Asimites who were with them. So when you look at this book with the black hand and you start reading about it with its religious fanaticism that's in there, it's going to call to you if you've read the Asimite clan book, but it's not going to be the same thing. It can't be the same thing, right? Of but course. you will get the same fanaticism. Right. And so, those factions are something that is great. And I'll tell you why Nate, and I know this is true, likes this book, because you got to remember, the Asimites left. Yeah, yeah, this absolutely. This is the Ball, faded, disappeared. You lost all the great members of the Black Hand that were Asimites because they returned to Urshulgi. That was their point. And when they did that, you left the Black Hand to figure itself out. And why I like this book as well is because this is the these are the winners. These are the survivors who said, we're still Black Hand and we're still fucking ashen people right and in you you literally have the black hand in a state of flux you have alana jav alana jav khan that's the full so so you have this uh this individual who um sits uh, as a member of the seraphim and essentially everybody else that sits with him just they're gone <laughs> they're right. like like where did they go and so uh also well, to, be, to be truthful you have ellie Malik, but remember his state of affairs right he's insane Nobody right. knows ways to do one moment to the other. And Ajahn of Khan has already threatened him. Like, let's put this in perspective. Right. As great as Elie Malik is, not even he wants to find out what happens when the warlord takes the field. Right. And so they're at neutral. With the Seraphim, or the Zemo Bogon, you and uh, Dejua dead mm-hmm. at the hands of uh, Tariq the Silent, there's, who, who do you have? Right. Uh, so, so you have these individuals, you have these powerful leaders of the Black Hand, who, you know, they, they, uh, also we learn in here that, um, the, the, uh, the regent, uh, they know is dead. They know right. that, that she's gone. And so you have this sect who's like essentially going, well, it's almost time. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. We've been like, preparing for right, this. Right. This is what we've been preparing for. And, you know, we're not, we're not going to stop recruiting. We're not going to stop training and we're not going to stop acting because it's almost time. And they lay out pretty clearly for you that this sect, it, 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 it very much rides along with the leadership of the Sabbat, but it's, it's like the understanding of the black hand is that when 
the Sabbat stops fucking around and starts growing up, that's when the black hand starts to look at them, right? Uh, you know, there's there's a variety of different reasons that the black hand would be interested in recruiting a Sabbat member. There's a variety of different tasks that you could undertake, but in most circumstances, you're probably just going to be someone they 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 talk to or they utilize as a resource, and that's it. It's those that are truly special that are going to get recruited. And, and I like that term. Right, right. And, and now uh, in, these, in the final nights, you know, they really emphasize in this book, like, this is it, right? We, you know, we haven't, not every maneuver we've done has been a success. We've got a lot of things going on. We've got a lot of plates spinning, but we're preparing. This is what we've been preparing for, for, you know, hundreds of years. But to think about it, um, why why is that process there? Well, let's underline what the Sabbat does from shovelhead to black hand real quick. Right. right? I say shovelhead to black hand because that's the end goal, right? You would like yeah, to have everybody black hand, right. but only, only a few can. And it's we take people, we dehumanize them, we shovel them. They come out, we force them to fight an enemy. Whoever lives gets to become a pack. That pack has to decide if they're nomadic or what have you, nomad, nomadic or coven. And then based on what they do and how long they live and how they do it, they go under a census taker's notice mm-hmm. in the black hand. And at that point they start determining who's a value to the sect internally and can serve in the black hand or is better for the inquisition, or you should just be the targets, right? Anyone listening, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're just a Sabbat member with no black hand status, it's because you're a target, right? <laughs> not, right? Not for the people in the Sabbat for all their enemies, right? You're the one that's going to go out and raise hell. You're the one that's going to go out and uh, be a uh, visible, any assaults they put you on, and you're never to a critical target. The black right. hands for critical targets. You're the smoke screen. Right. You're the cleanup crew, or you're the hammer that breaks open the wall that allows them to slip through the cracks and get done what they have to do. Right. And and now uh, the black hand has a very similar positions to what your normal, you know, everyday average Sabbat member would undertake. You know, the which, what we call remove removers, right? Um, but one thing that uh, I think is very enlightening about this book and how they interact, and I'm hoping that you can um, help to articulate this for for me as well, um, but one thing that's very interesting, and I think a lot of people misunderstand, they misunderstand how the leadership of the Sabbat works with the leadership of the Black Hand. And how that works, very simply, are something called contracts, Right. Just uh, as as you would think of like, oh, well, you, you hire an Asimite to do a contract. Kind of, yeah. It's kind of that way, right? As a, as a member of the Sabbat leadership, you can, can talk to the Black Hand and offer them a contract, right? And depending on, on what, what fucking DEFCON it is right now, you know, <laughs> and there's a term for it, but like what, what the, the overall status of the world is, and and also how closely aligned that particular contract is with what the black hand wants to accomplish, that is going to determine the likelihood of them actually being willing to take it. And what you're talking about is checks and balances, right? Because we got to know that history that the black hands had for the sabbat. The black hand has saved the sabbat no less than three times. Right. Every single civil war it is the black hand that has ended the civil war. And it has started with the top leadership of the Sabbat sitting down because the Black Hand's looking at them, and the Black Hand give, always is given the same ultimatum. You can stop the war now, right. or we can kill you, and we will end the war. And whenever the Black Hand's made that statement, it has been enough to get the regents and who have you and the cardinals to come together and cease and desist, right. and then come up with whatever docket they have. 
But what did they learn? Doctrines actually can be upheld. Right. And so the black hand said, eventually you like, okay, fine. Here's your contract. You want who dead? No, we don't want another war. Right. Who is it? That's the problem. Right. Oh, okay. you, you want us, you want us to assist in a, a siege in a city? Well, right now we're not, we're not working towards that goal. That particular city's not, uh, uh, anyways, we don't need to give you a reason. We just decline because right. anytime there you go, <laughs> right. Any, anytime that those contracts are presented to the black hand, this, the, the seraphim are involved. And, and that's, that's a key thing to remember the, the line of the chain of command in the black hand is very small. It's very, very small. So essentially any activity that is authorized by the black hand in one form or another is coming from the seraphim. And again, it depends on, um, the, the, you know, the, the DEFCON, the, um, I, I forget the term, but it's like uh watchtower. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. It is watchtower. Yeah. There's like a whole, let me, let me find it real quick. Cause, uh, but there's, but, but uh, just to highlight the point of how small it is to get to a serif, right. Um, you have the removers, right. That you mentioned the Shikari, then right. you have the dominion, right. Right. And those, the remover, what a dominion, what a remover is, is an assassin. You, you've earned your spurs as an assassin and you can only draw on the black end. A dominion is a ruler of a commut, right? A commut is a combined group of removers that report to a watchtower. Right. A watchtower is another series of people who are there to do exactly what the watchtower sounds like. Keep affairs current and update the black hand on a think tank level of what goes on. Could be other maneuvers or what um, removers or whatnot. But that watchtower can have any other cool titles to throw into, but we're just showing you that three right. steps to the watchtower and then you report to uh, a serif. Someone okay. in that watchtower right. kicks an info right to the serif. It's a, it's a fast lane. Right. Uh, so the watchtowers are a warning system, right? Like there, uh, we, we talked about like the DEF CON, uh, you know, concept. And basically what that means is that there are, there are four watchtowers. It's like DEF CON one, DEF CON two. Um, but they're, they're not called that. So they're actually referencing a couple of different, uh, um, um, ideas here. You know, obviously one thing we have to remember, they are steeped in, um, you know, the esoteric, right? Like one thing to remember, the black hand is steeped in cane, uh, in cane lore, in, in lore of cane, not, you know, just like, like the actual guy cane, because remember, that's what they're there for. They're there, uh, in to, in service of cane. So anyways, the watchtowers, there are four of them. The four ride forth, the chosen are called, the greatest fall, and the wolves feed. Now, the wolves feed's never been there, right? This has never been called, right? It's never happened. And the greatest fall has only happened, um, I think they say in here twice that any can remember. Something like that, the greatest fall, that is like um, when the Ravno Santidiluvian uh, woke up and all that shit happened, um, right. in, in Asia, like those are situations. And they, t they talk about that kind of stuff in here. Like those situations, they change dramatically what the black hand is willing to do and who, uh, can even act, uh, in official capacity of the black hand. So the Sabat leadership as a whole, they don't really have, they can't just be like, I'm going to call up the black hand and I'm going to send the black hand in. No, that's not, that's Never. not how it works. So it's, it's deeply intricate in ways that, um, maybe might be misunderstood to the average player. And why is that? I know a lot of you want to say that the black hand should be the baddest of the bad 
doing dancing their own tune and whatever, but shouldn't they be serving the Sabbat as a whole? And the answer is no. They don't even feel that's true. <laughs> right. When you read this book, it opens your eyes to a lot of things, and that's whatever Alana Jav wants is what's going to happen. Whatever those seraphs decide is important is, is what's going to happen. Right. But if you look at the seraphs, they all want to obey some blood god or another. Right? I always go back to Zemer Bulk because we know he wanted out of Kim. That's that that's that. Why were they okay with the Esamites in the first place? Well, because there's nothing proving that Cain didn't choose Hakim to be what he was. And we all know Hakim wasn't destroyed in the great crime, right. as they refer to it. So Hakim's got to serve Cain. And if he doesn't, Cain will sort him out when we when we see him. Right. right? At, at the yep. end of the day, it definitely seems to me like as, as the black hand stands at the writing of this book, it is very much Alana Jav going, this is what the army of Cain is going to do. The That's sabbat, what it is. the sabbat for the for for the the black hand, the sabbat definitely seems like a very large recruiting pool. Exactly, right. These are these are the individuals that we've you know, as you said earlier, we've sort of bred this concept into them, this sort of foreign alien concept of we're here to act within the we're acting upon the will of Cain. We are here to serve him so that at the end, when Gehenna comes, which is what we're waiting for, we are judged that, that we worked with it. You know, we are worthy of his judgment. We will sit by our Lord at the end times. Right. The Sabbat, that's like, well, you're in the Sabbat. So you have that going for you. You at least understand the basic concepts of what we're fighting for. But, but, um, you know, to me, the Sabbat is kind of like ROTC. It's kind <laughs> of like the high school ROTC, and it's uh, such a good analogy. And and the Black Hand, you know, they're like sp- special forces or Navy SEALs or whatever, right? They're more than that. They're kind of all of those things combined, and they're full of magic. That's you know that's magic that, and mysticism, right? Magic and mysticism and dead gods and and you know uh, omens and things of that nature, combined with all of the the secret spy CIA Jason Bourne kind of shit along with it, and so but that they, the other thing, along with that ROTC concept, that's what the Sabbat is. But the Black Hand makes no bones about it. They don't just recruit from the Sabbat. They will find anybody whose ideology fits and whose skills can be honed to fit into right. that subsect. And here's, and here's the other thing to remember. Alana Jav seems to be using the religious fanaticism to make an army of Cain, but it's Alana Jav. <laughs> Why I say it that way, read The Children of the Night and get your read from these guys that we're mentioning. You can read about them and know about them. Judge for yourself in your chronicle. I, I for one, and it's just my opinion off the cuff, I honestly don't believe the Black Hand is being trained to be anything but a weapon for him. That's that's what it is, because there is no ancient telling him what to do. Right. There is no sign that Cain is coming forth to tell him what. Ravna woke up and got smoked. The moment you reveal that an antediluvian can be smoked, anyone can die. Right. But you're still going to need fanatics, right? Right. What's more perfect of a fanatic than the Black Hand who believes that we're killing all antediluvians for Cain? Right. Right. No, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think that um, one thing... Uh, you know, I, let's just talk about the book, right? The Black Hand, people can read this book and really get a better idea and indication of how uh, to utilize them in their game and how to make them more three-dimensional. And like me, every time I read this book, I'm like, I want to run a Black Hand game. 
You know, that's, that's, that's what happens. You know, I read about these characters and uh, this book I would say is a very, it's comparatively easy, uh, to a lot of the other books. Like it's a, it's a book that I feel is easily digestible and it's written in a way where you're not like, um, I will compare it to the book we, we reviewed last week, state of grace. I think this was a hundred times easier to read than state of grace. Right. right. This this is fanboy eye candy. Right. <laughs> right. Fanboy eye candy is right. always one. Right. You Absolutely. Know? New backgrounds, new abilities, combo powers, rituals, sorcerer powers. Right. All making sense and tethered to this sect alone. Right. Absolutely. And it's and it's written all characterized. Like it's not written like a guidebook. It's written like it's it's written from the perspective of a character in the black hand trying to figure out the history of the black hand and interviewing other black hand members to get it right. And he's an intelligence agent, right? That's what I like about a good old winner. Right. And, uh, this book also does another good thing, right? At the back of it, they explain who winner is. Right. They actually, uh, all the characters that are interviewed that are talked about, like talked to specifically are in this book. Um, some of the trainers, the black hand trainers are not, and so you can take the time to fill them out as you like. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyways, it, it has those characters in the in the appendix. So you can get a feel for them and you can use them in your own game. To me, that's awesome. That, the whole book's awesome geared up for that. Because, right. you know, just taking black hand background saying you're a badass and I'm an assassin, it's not good enough. You got to read what that fanatic is and how to fill the meat to your assassin's profile to make it work. And I mean, if you're just looking at a remover, they do have intelligence agents and espionage agents and, and other things that fit in uh, to help run that show. What I will say about this book is the feel that you should have to know that, you know, if, okay, if I got black hand, what's the point to know about it? Right. Um, this book should be tapped if your chronicle is going to ramp up to the moment this book is in. Yeah. Because you need to have the elements fall in place and give the feel. For instance, you have agents trying to figure out what their history is because their higher ups are gone. Yeah. Their mentors have left or they have died or disappeared. And they're trying to figure out, they got to figure out where they're from to figure out how to stay where they're at. Right. So they know what they're doing. And what's cool about that is it gives you the ability to turn around as a storyteller and tell the players, here's the keys to the building. Right. How do you keep the black hand afloat your way? Knowing that you have duty, they trained you, you know what you're supposed to be doing. What is that? Right. Yeah. Beyond that too, I would say that, uh, this book is great to give you an overall feel of how to run the black hand, the thematic perspective, and it gives you a ton of information on how to run it from a mystical perspective, but there's so many gaps, um, as far as, because, you know, like Bob said, it's, it's, it's meant to be like modern to 2003, right? It's, it's 2003. Here's what's happening in the world of darkness. Now, if you're running that revised chronicle, you're hurtling towards Gehenna. Awesome. This is great. You don't really have to do any work. However, if you're like a lot of storytellers where you want to be able to take the time to iron out your, your subsect and your sects and all your leadership, there's only one guy here. And there's, um, I believe four or five, um, like acting seraphim. So it gives you the opportunity to go, well, I want to keep the old ones or I want to make the, the temporary ones permanent or, you know, it gives you those building blocks to, to do that extra work if that's what you want to do, right? To bring your chronicle and how, you know, what changes you, you, you keep 
brings you, you know, to, to that modern time. Um, to me, that's, it's a lot of work, right? But if, if that's what you want, a lot of people love world building. And if that's what you want to do, this book has a great deal of potential for that because, you know, things are in flux. Things are about to start happening. But as a guide, you know, for how to build, how to run the Black Hand, this is imperative, right? This is going to have a ton of information that the, the base Sabat books, the base rule books aren't going to have. And this book is character centric. If you're looking for the rankings, right, right, they'll give you an idea of what the positions and things are done in the in the group, which I like because they leave it open for you to add more or less based on your flavor of the of the meal here you're trying to trying to make, and uh, that's always good to have options, right? Uh, but it also gives you enough lore that if you choose to have some of those pre chronicles where you're not dealing with Gehenna, not only can you fill it in exactly like Nate said, you can also take tidbits of lore here, right? And kind of because you know what the lore is. You can therefore tell them snippets and legendary of how people get indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, we didn't mention in the beginning, but we won't go too detailed into it because I think it kind of ruins the book. But they have something in here, two things. The Lost Tribe, right, which is one thing. That's what a lot of them called themselves once upon a time. And then you also have the Weeping Stone. Right. Those are two big things that are, that encompass. Oh, and, the, and with the purpose of the Crescent. Why that symbol? Right. Those, those are three things we gave you off the cuff that's in this book that the agents say the same thing. Right. You know, we were told this is what we have to do and this is what's important. I'm figuring out why. Never quite got a handle on it, though. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the Tears of Zilla, all, all of those things and like the pilgrimage that Black Hand takes, like th- these are all things that you, you kind of need this book in order to really get a clear understanding of like that even being a thing. Ain't, ain't no kind of. That's a firm you need this right, book. Right, right. Or you're talking out your butt. Right. <laughs> you, you need to know. Right. I mean, you could probably do some Google searches, but, uh, you know, at what cost but your soul? At what cost? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the other thing, too, why I found this book so inspiring, and I've actually run, uh, I turned a Sabat game into a Black Hand game. I kind of ignored some of the rules that they, they set forth because I was more interested in running this sort of game thematically for players but it takes you through the process if you wanted to sit down and go you're all your characters are new recruits we're going to take you through the the boot camp process of joining the black hand you could do that you could do that and and entertain people you could do that and have a pretty good game but also you could do something a little bit more than that and go beyond that and and you know build these characters into something that's very interesting um you know it takes a long time to become a member of the black hand and to become a respected individual who kind of like gets the freedom to do what they want you know they 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 talk to you about like it, it can be very difficult for some canines because they've already proven their worth in the sabbat they've you know like i'm a big badass i could I, you know nobody fucks with me well welcome to the black hand where no one gives a shit about that you, right. You're starting from ground zero again, and it tells you all about that stuff. So personally, I think this is an essential book to any Sabat storyteller uh, or player's collection. You know, players, I would say if you're not going to play Blackhand, don't bother. Keep the mystique. Keep the mystery. But storytellers, if you're going to be running a game with the Blackhand, you're going to be running a game where Blackhand is included even just a little bit, it's good to know this information so that you can make the, you know, the, the aspects of the black hand 
more mysterious and more interesting and more, you know, like respect the black hand for a reason. Solidified. They take the mystique away by adding definitives, right? right? Right. That's the point. They define what they are finally. And that's, and that's, that's a win for anybody who's been a fan of the genre up to this point. Right. And that's why I think it's a must. The other thing is if you're a storyteller, often your villains tend to be the Sabbat if it's against the camera or even Anarchs. Um, if you want them to have a point right, or any purpose and you know, you, if you haven't already made it, some love world building like Nate's already pointed out. And if you, if you didn't add it, this book is, even if you did, it's good to see the differences meet in the middle if need be, or just to own and know what you're talking about when you're portraying them. No, I, I definitely agree. So, so, um, to wrap up, there's, um, and fill in if I miss any, but there's, uh, Midnight Siege, there's Archons and Templars, um, and there's this book. And I think there was one other one where I was like, these are pretty much essential to, um, you know, running a, a modern, uh, uh, modern vampire, the masquerade game. That's not just like, Hey, we're at court. There's the Prince. I'm the permagen. Let's have a, let's have a game like getting advanced. I think that those, right. those, this is, this is one of those books. Um, there's a couple of other ones too, that you could kind of add in. Um, it's like gilded cage. I thought gilded cage. We could throw in there. I think council of permagen is a real important one as well. Um, you know, it, it tells you about kind of like the more advanced stuff. Gilded cage is great because of the influence and it kind of like giving you uh, insight on how to use it. Um, that, that's the book to figure out right. what that influence game is about. Right. So as, as deeply intricate as we get with the internal politics of the Sabbat, um, when we talk about council of primogen, we're, we're going to get, we're going to learn some people, some things that maybe they didn't quite understand. I think, I think, um, the black hand are highly underrepresented properly, but I think like the, the intricacies of primogen, uh, primogen council politics is highly underrepresented as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to that podcast. I'm actually going to look up here what our next one is but anyways if you're in the spot <laughs> if you if you like what the sabbat do if you are interested in knowing more this is an essential book i think and it's like i said it's an easy read if you listen to the podcast and you are uh if you do like any kind of one world by night uh larp kind of stuff i will be at the next indianapolis sabbat larp event that's going to be on july 14th um at 6 p.m and that's here in indianapolis that's run by stars never rise so if you want to come out i might have some stickers to give away to people at the end of the game for a good role playing um i will be there um go on to facebook and you want to look up stars never rise sabat and just uh, check out their next event for july 14th of 2018 and come out and hang out and chat and do some role playing play some sabat um i'm trying to you know, I'm trying to get my character into the black hand as we speak. Hey, we'll we'll get there, right? In black hand, you should pick me. You got to crawl before you walk. I'm here. Yeah, I can pick black, up a chair and move it over there. What's up, black hand? You wanna you wanna do some black hand stuff? Yeah. So, anyways, I'm trying. You know, I basically I made a character and I was like, hey, I want to be in the black hand. They were like, yeah, that's awesome, but uh, not to start. <laughs> I was like, that's what I like to hear, but son of a bitch. I really wanted to play a black hand character. I should just pay attention to whatever's in the back of the book, because clearly in the back of my book, it says, coming soon, 
Council of Primogen. So, oh, that's the same. Right. I just I'm nodding my head because I looked at it too. Right. Right. Just so, like, oh, maybe it's not. Yes, we, it is. We've got Council of Primogen, which should be great, and then um, we'll probably have a long one because we're going to do Kindred of the Ebony Kingdom after that one, and that's that's probably going to be a bit more of an involved podcast because it's a source book. There's a book. lot of right. different There's a terms, ton of stuff, hierarchy. right? Right. So, so we're going to go through there. We're going to review, review that. Um, and after that we have uh, succubus club, dead man's party. So hopefully we'll give this one a little bit more, maybe the succubus club book will have, cause it's revised. Maybe it'll be better. I don't know. That's, that's the beauty of it. We're, we're, we'll do reviews, keep listening and see what we have to say about it. So anyways, July 14th, look up online, uh, stars never rise sabat that's a one world by night sabat game in indianapolis if you're in the area if you game uh you want to travel come on out you know um check us out otherwise listen to nerd words next week we are going to have um uh it's not next week i think it's two weeks from now we're gonna have uh, our friend colin on to talk about his larp at gen con um so that's the one that we're gonna be playing in um, at least, uh, that one goes on for three nights, right, Bob? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So we're, we're still getting details about like what we're going to play. Um, you know, we just, we tend to just come in as players, you know, we don't, we don't think we're special. We don't want like special characters. We just want to play whatever's available. So, um, look for that. And then we'll have more information about our meetup at Gen Con. So if you're going to be at Gen Con, you want to chat, you want to say hi, um, you want to, you know, debate with us about your favorite book, do that. Um, but listen, we'll have more information a little bit closer to Gen Con. Cause we're actually trying to get a space where people can go instead of just being like, Hey, we're going to be in front of a fountain and, you know, figuring it out that way. So yeah, keep, uh, keep your ears and your eyes open and, uh, we'll have more information for you as we have it here. So anything else, Bob? Nope, that's it, man. Cool. Alrighty. Well, until next week, I am Nate. And I'm Bob. And we will talk to you again soon. Hey, folks, this is Nathan from 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you'd like to help support our podcast, there's a few ways you can go about doing so. First, you can get some cool rewards by supporting us at patreon.com slash 25 years of vampire the masquerade. Check out our website at utilitymuffinlabs.com. We now have a shop where you can get your very own Utility Muffin Lab sticker or pick up a cool shirt from our Tee Public shop. That's tpublic.com slash utilitymuffinlabs. If you want to send us comments or you are a content creator who'd like to be on one of our podcasts, send us an email to nathan at utilitymuffinlabs.com. Finally, you can send me actual physical letters to P.O. Box 30332, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46230. We will be at Gen Con this August as well, so keep listening for more details as they become available. Thank you for supporting Utility Muffin Labs. We are consistently rated adequate. Adequate.